welcome to Books in the Middle, a podcast just for middle school books. During any war, you need to have three things in abundance if you have any chance of winning. Number one, money. War is incredibly expensive. Number two, you have to have people that are willing to go out and fight. And if they're not willing, you have to be able to force them somehow to fight for you. And number three, you have to have the supplies to support your army. During the Civil War, the South had limited resources because they just didn't have as much land and they didn't have as much industry as the North did. They also didn't have as much of a population to pull from that the North did, since obviously the South was an agricultural society. The South was also surrounded by water. So here was the thing. The South knew that they had to basically be able to get their exports out to market somewhere. They couldn't trade with the North, obviously, since they were fighting with them. So they had to look for other avenues to explore. For example, Europe. Could they trade with countries in Europe? Could they trade with Mexico and South America? But here's the rub. They had to be able to ship out what they were producing in the South in order to get money, right? And the North realized this. And the North came up with the Anaconda Plan. The Anaconda Plan was to basically squeeze the South so that they had no avenues to get money. And they did this by creating a massive naval blockade around the whole coastline of the southern states. So the South had this massive issue. How do we get our goods and services to countries that want to pay us money for them when we've got this massive naval blockade? And what do you do with a naval blockade? What can you do to take out Navy ships? Why, you submarine torpedo them. Ha <laughs> ha, did you know that the South developed a submarine during the Civil War? It was created by a man named Horace Huntley. And his idea was that they would torpedo ships that were in the Chesapeake Bay and allow their own merchant ships to be able to get out and to market. So this was an eight-man submarine. It was very small. They were very cramped in these quarters. And the idea was that they would flood the front and the back of compartments of the submarine with water. And then they would hand pump them out to bring themselves back up with buoyancy. The Hunley had several mishaps that unfortunately led to a lot of men dying. It became so prolific in the amount of people that were dying in these trials that one of the generals said, forget it, we're not doing this anymore. But they were able to convince the general, no, 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 we think we figured out what was going on. It was pilot error, it was human error, not the machine's problem. So can we please try this again? The general's like, okay, fine, but listen, you are not allowed to dive under a ship and torpedo it. You have to not do that. You have to torpedo it while you're up above. So some of the guys that were on this were like, yeah, but I don't like that idea. So they tried to come up with a way to kind of get around what the general had ordered. 
Despite the Huntley's stealth, that was the name of the submarine, Union lookouts were a constant hazard. Because the Huntley was too slow to escape a steam-powered ship, Dixon believed that diving and hiding on the bottom was the best strategy to shield the submarine from enemy lookouts and gunfire. Although General Beauregard had forbidden Dixon to dive under an enemy ship while delivering a torpedo, he hadn't said the Huntley couldn't dive after doing so. With this plan in mind, Dixon led practice dives to the bottom. Once, he and Alexander conducted a time test to see how long they could remain submerged. It was agreed by all hands to sink and let the boat rest on the bottom. If anyone in the boat felt he must come to the surface for air, and he gave the word up, we would at once bring the boat to the surface, Alexander recalled. The test almost killed them. According to Alexander... Dixon and myself and several of the crew compared watches and sank for the test. In 25 minutes, the candle would not burn due to lack of oxygen. The men sat quietly and waited, no one wanting to give in first. Suddenly, together, all the crew said, up! Immediately, Dixon and Alexander turned to their pumps. Imagine the crew's horror when Alexander's pump wouldn't work. Were they doomed to die from lack of air, as Horace Huntley and his crew had? In darkness thicker than black paint, Alexander's fingers searched for the pump's cap. Opening it, he dug inside. Finally, his fingers grasped the problem, a piece of seaweed. In moments, Alexander had the blackage cleared. With the pump working normally, the Huntley and her crew were soon back on the surface. To their amazement, they discovered they'd been underwater for two hours and 35 minutes. A soldier on the wharf told the crew they had already been reported dead. Feeling confident after this test, knowing that they could deliver a torpedo and then go hide on the bottom of the Chesapeake Bay, when a naval ship came into the bay, they decided to put the Hunley to its test. Sure enough, they went out, they launched a torpedo, they torpedoed the ship, Huzzah, the naval Union ship went down, and then they waited for the Hunley to return. And they waited, and they waited. She did not come back. And thus led to one of the largest mysteries in naval history for our country. Until one day. Secrets of a Civil War Submarine Solving the Mysteries of the H.L. Hunley by Sally Walker. <laughs>